Hello, you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church of Mayopac. We worship on Sundays at 10 a.m., and you can watch us live either on Facebook or YouTube. And if you're in the area, there's always a seat saved for you. We hope that this message encourages you to continue growing in humility and faith. Thanks for listening. Our second reading this morning is uh, apologies from the gospel according to Luke, chapter 3, verses 15 to 16. Let us listen now to God's holy word and what it says to us this day. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but the one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the strap of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. I'm pretty sure at this point you've heard me tell the story of my sister who as a child once ran around the house wheeling her Christmas presents around uh, and still the colorful wrapped boxes they were in. Thinking that those boxes were the gifts. And it wasn't until my parents eventually peeled back the paper that my sister almost had a second celebration of Christmas when she realized that the packages contained a hidden surprise. The discovery that something new awaited was enough to shake any discontent or frustration that might have come from my parents destroying her her presence, trying for my parents to change the reality of what she knew. This change of reality to expose a coming newness It's a bit, if not the whole, of what we claim to seek this Advent season. Something new. But I often think we don't want newness. We don't really want newness. We like the idea of newness. Because the concept of something new, especially the new thing God is doing, the thought of it is easy for us to manage. It's simple enough for us to keep at arm's length, and if we don't like it, we can push it away. But truly welcoming in newness means inviting the destructive force of the newness of God that transforms and reconstructs our current reality. Because how can something be new if it doesn't leave a transformational impact? 
Therefore, we are called this Advent season to embrace newness, whether it be a spiritual newness or a physical newness. And if we choose to embrace it, the question then becomes, how will we allow the Spirit of God to open our hearts, our minds, our spirits to the new thing God is doing right here and now? What is this newness we welcome this Advent season? It's a question that the people of old here in a reading we're still straining to answer for themselves. Because John the Baptist, as we hear, was not the newness. He was not the newness God intended for the people. Neither were the prophets. Neither were the women and men God called previously to be emissary to God's way of life. So what are the things we welcome this Advent season believing it will bring the newness God intends for us? Do we welcome rulers? Do we welcome in principalities? Or do we try to find the newness we think God intends by turning to the latest self-care trends or uh, getting caught in that doom scrolling through Facebook at 12 in the morning? I might be so bold as to say that even Jesus himself was not entirely the final manifestation of the new thing we are waiting. Because again, we like the idea of newness, especially if it's in the form of an infant. Who doesn't love an infant? Because it's something we can control, manipulate. But the newness that Jesus stood for demands something more. The newness of God we search for this Advent season brings us to the life-giving power of God, which asks that we provide food, shelter, and clothes, that we stop pinching pennies when it comes to caring for our neighbors, and that we don't treat every social interaction as a transaction that we can cash in for future favors. The newness of this Advent season stretches our capacity to experience the life-giving power of God by shaking up the norms of our daily routine. And to some, that is good news. The shaking up of the old ways and ushering in the new, that is good news. To others, though, it will cause worry, it will cause fear that their normal habits will be upended. Newness brings about change. That's just the nature of it. Whether it is changing in ourselves, our society, or spiritual practices. And again, there is an allure to the newness allure to newness because it offers us a glimpse of what could and what should be. But the implementation of God's newness can cause quite a stir. The newness coming from God will shake us from our complacency 
and bring us to a place where the life-giving power of God is the only thing that has a hold on our hearts. And what does that mean? It means that not everything will go our way. That's a shocker. (laughs) It means that when we embrace this life-giving power, when we worship, we might not sing our favorite songs in worship. We might need to welcome those we've excluded. And the scariest part is that this is only touching the surface. We can't say we want the good news, the newness of God in the gospel, if we are unwilling to go, if we are only willing to go so far and bend the good news to fit our unyielding, uncompromising spirit. For how is that good news? If we are unwilling to compromise to make room for God's newness, how does that make room for the new thing God is preparing? Now, I am someone who did not used to have a very sophisticated palate. Uh, My mom would probably tell you I was a very picky eater. But after having done some traveling, experiencing new things, I would say that my palate is now quite uh, expanded. Granted, the lingering symptoms of COVID don't take my sense of taste away from me. But just as things such as our change in taste, our preferences, our habits, as they change, to enjoy a broader sense of the world around us, our spirits too must adapt to the change brought on by the newness that is coming. And yes, this newness of God will not be palatable to everyone. If we expand our reading for today, we would find that King Herod was not particularly pleased with this message of good news that John the Baptist preached. And it was of such significant concern, King Herod threw John in prison out of fear for what he preached, for the newness that his word demanded. That is the power of the newness that is coming, the new thing we await this Advent season. It is something that will shake us to our very core and realign our hearts with the heart of God. So will we let that fresh spirit, that new thing, fill our lungs and every bit of our being? So what must we do to welcome the newness of God this Advent season? I believe that John the Baptist sums it up uh, quite nicely. As he told the crowd gathered around him, he, Jesus, must increase, but I must decrease. From John chapter 3, verse 30. John, without hesitation, puts aside his memories of the past, his hopes, his dreams, to make way for Jesus. He must increase, but I must decrease. We make way for the newness of hope, joy, peace, and love this Advent season 
by taking a stand against values that take advantage of our bodies and our souls. By setting these things aside, we make way for the hope that Jesus brings into our lives and into our world. Decrease our sense of greed so that we can increase the feeling of joy we find in sharing in the heart of God. Decrease our old habits that cling to traditions and customs that aren't life-giving and increase the life way of Christ so that it might grow larger within us. Decrease our fear and defensiveness so that we might increase the touch points of commonality we find with others and compassion. Decrease what is hateful and fraudulent so that we might increase the healing and truth-giving power that illuminates the life way of God. Prepare the way, friends, this Advent season. Preparing the way this season means setting aside the glitz and the glamour of what Hallmark thinks Christmas is to become intentional about making space for the newness of the Christ child. This Advent season, let us welcome God's outrageous, God's hopeful, God's visionary newness. Let us empty our hearts of the things that keep the Spirit of God from transforming our lives and embrace the things that lean hard into the life-giving power of God. Because we cannot keep God from ushering in something new as hard as we might try. So strive this Advent season to be bold, to put into action our desire to see God's vision out not just as an idea we think is nice, but as the Advent hope we have long been waiting for. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.